Facilitating a new paradigm is sharing a presence of clarity and guidance. Through all walks of life, it is inviting and assisting humanity to walk with kindness, beyond conflict, into a world of harmony. This is a resource for facilitators, and that includes you, because everyone is a part of the whole. I'm Carrie Lake. Thanks for showing up to dance with me. Wow, today's topic showed up a little bit earlier while I was tootling around, and the topic is spiritually gifted. It came when I was watching a documentary yesterday called Awake about Paramahansa Yogananda, and they used the term that he was very spiritually gifted and described that as Yogananda having profound wisdom and awareness beyond his immediate physical world, having awareness beyond what he had been taught, even at a very early age, even before his mother died, uh, and his mother his mother's death triggered him into um, a whole different state of consciousness. Now, that I mean, that was over 100 years ago, and consciousness was very different back then. Now, consciousness as a whole among humanity is much, much faster and much, 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 much more accessible, far less completely magnetically rooted in the material world. And there's so much more accessible to everybody now, whether... Um, on the surface, somebody would appear to be spiritually gifted or not. So what I want to do is share a little bit about my own journey and, and really not to create a term, you know, not to get stuck on the terminology of being spiritually gifted because we really don't need to create more boxes to try to, you know, diagnose people and, and fit people into things. But I just want to share what gifted is and what we're, what spiritually gifted is pointing at. Let's not use it as a category. Let's use it as a, a signpost or a, a guidance that can open our awareness to see things that maybe would have looked very different otherwise. So in my own journey, I have very early memories And one of the earliest was standing at the end of the driveway that seemed like it was about eight miles long when I was three years old. And there was the willow tree to my left and the house at the other side of the driveway, which was, you know, I don't know, maybe 20 yards. (laughs) But I was three. What are you going to do? And that's how it looked in my mind. The house was miles away. And I was watching this scene play out where my mom and dad were arguing and, and slamming the front door. And what I remember from that is very, very clearly having just the clear knowing that I wanted to say to them, you guys, there's a different way to do this. That's not the way it's supposed to be. But I had no vocabulary. I had absolutely no way to communicate that in words or in any way other than trying to be a different way. 
trying to be different than combat. So fast forward to my own, well, yeah, kind of fast forward, but through my childhood, and I remember specifically around age four, having, excuse me, a scenario where I was watching my, my mom and maybe my brother, who was only a little older than me, he was only five or six at the time, but they were talking about something. And I remember my mom told a story made mention of something that occurred to me as a memory. And, and I could see it very, very clearly what she was talking about. I could see the pictures, I could see the people, I could feel everything that she was talking about. And the word that I knew to go with sensations like that was remember. So I said, oh, I remember that. And I remember my mom saying, Carrie, you don't remember things that happened before you were born. But it was clear to me that I remembered what she was talking about because I had all of the senses of it. So on top of that, my entire life has been just fluid communication with the animals. And I remember doing these movements with my hands over the dog. Patty was his name. And Patty would be lying on the ground, you know, with his on his side with his back against the house's wall or something. And I would be kneeling and moving my hands in circles and doing things with my hands about, you know, a few inches over him. And another instance I remember is, is being encouraged to not do that because it looked weird, but I knew exactly what was happening. I I could feel everything moving. And it wasn't that there were visuals that I could create with, you know, CGI animation, although now you probably could. But I could feel everything that was moving. I didn't know the word consciousness. I would go lay in the grass and I could feel the life of the grass. I would sit with the apple trees and they would tell me jokes and we would laugh together. And all along when I tried to share this, with older people, whether it was my parents or anybody else, there was no frame of reference, apparently, because the feedback that came to me was, no, you can't. No, you didn't. Come on, tell the truth, right? So I kept telling the truth and kept being met with a whole lot of misunderstanding and and really a complete absence of ability to receive what I was saying. So now fast forward until about age 12 or 13, when things were really confusing to me, because I kept trying to see how do I get it right? How do I get it right? How do I get it right? You know, how do I do this? How do you understand this world? And I started asking in the most fervent, heartfelt way, okay, what is the truth? Because I, there was so much discrepancy between telling what I felt was the truth and other people recognizing what I was saying as the truth. And this was all, of course, my own analysis of how to do life on the planet. So, you know, at the time it was absolutely all about me. How do I do this? And so I started asking very, very, very sincerely, I just want the truth. What is the truth? And It came with a very, very specific sensation, a whole sensory awareness through my body. 
that when it was the truth, I knew it. There was no doubt. And at the same time, it turned out, trying, I was still trying desperately to earn the approval and the consensus and the, um, gosh, what's the word? Trying to, to at least have my parents believe me. And maybe sometimes they did. And maybe there were ways that they were trying to support me that I wasn't aware of at the time. But I, I still had all of this sensory awareness that I didn't know how to communicate other than how I communicated it. It, it came to a point for myself where I would, I was so desperate for the truth and it came to this awareness where I decided, you know, there is no greater love than the love I feel when I am flowing in this truth. And somewhere around age 12 or 13, I gave myself over to it completely. Now, recognizing that from my awareness and all the integration of where I am now, I can look back and talk about it and say that that was a totally spiritual awareness and a total spiritual communion with the universe, with God, with all that is, with creation. And it, there was still confusion in there, but this isn't the place to go into all of that. <laughs> we can do that another time. But that kind of awareness, the awareness of things that you're not supposed to know, the awareness of things that you haven't been taught, the awareness of a sense of things that other people don't seem to be talking about, or that other people that you can feel is active in other people, but they don't ever acknowledge it. Or even if you bring it up, they'll say, what are you talking about? I didn't know. All I did was say a sentence. It didn't mean anything more than that. Sharing all of this in the context of being spiritually gifted. When we talk about being spiritual, it's kind of taken on this whole um, sort of a, a stigma, you know, that it, it's, a, it's actually become a bit religious in and of itself. But really, when I'm talking about spiritual giftedness, what I'm talking about is awareness. Awareness of your connection with all of life. Awareness of that sensory awareness. It's, it's awareness of your awareness. That's spiritual giftedness. So what is giftedness? I want to touch that really quickly too. Because this one took a while for me to understand. You know, when people say, oh, you're so gifted you're so gifted, at first it can feel like this huge responsibility, right? Like now, great, now I'm like harnessed and I'm supposed to carry it and pull the whole world forward because I'm the gifted one. And it can be really easy to run away and hide from that. So what I came to and what I saw just when I, again, asking, what's the truth? What's the truth? What is this gifted thing? What are we talking about? What is the actual tone of it? What's really being communicated when we talk about being gifted? And where I came to for myself in, in really opening to this concept of being gifted, the way we talk about it now, 
what I see is it's an awareness of something that I can share. It is a gift I've been given, a gift of awareness that I can then share with others around me. I've been gifted. I have a gift to share with you. I have a gift to share with you. That's gifted. Now, that doesn't mean I'm obligated. That means I have a gift to sh- I have a gift for you. And it also doesn't mean now I have free reign to use my gift to come slice your world apart just because I can see it and you can't. Being gifted means that you have an awareness and a capacity with your awareness, whether it's connecting with the spiritual realms, whether it's connecting with animals, whether it's connecting with numbers and equations, whether it's analysis or systems integration or painting or sculpting or whatever it is, or throwing a baseball, you know, there's everybody's at different skill levels, but what we're really talking about is everybody has a unique capacity for their own awareness, their awareness of their awareness. So spiritual giftedness is simply saying that you have an awareness of your awareness of be, th- thing, life that exists beyond just the physical world. Everybody feels it. Not everybody knows how to talk about it. Not everybody has the courage to acknowledge it. And that's okay. It's big. And it's part of the collective consciousness of humanity, this spiritual giftedness. It's also part of this collective consciousness of humanity that there's been a whole lot of fear of spiritual giftedness. There's been a whole lot of oppression, domination, and all sorts of nasty things humans have done to each other, you know, in oppression of a, a free expression of awareness and giftedness beyond the physical grind of I'm going to dominate you because I can, right? Spiritual giftedness was recognized largely in yogis and teachers and gurus and shamans and and people who had such an undeniable awareness that they were revered. Where we are in consciousness now, it is everywhere. There are so many people who have a spiritual gift, meaning they have an awareness beyond what they're supposed to know. They have awareness beyond the physical world, beyond what they've been taught. And more and more, that awareness will come to the forefront as a quote-unquote normal way of being. Because it is, that awareness and that presence of who you are that is who you are. That is what it is. And the ones that we see now that are sensitive, the ones that are misunderstood, often the ones who are the most difficult to deal with or go into depression or have odd, odd behaviors or have a hard time communicating or feel withdrawn or have un- unexplained um, illnesses, and it doesn't matter what linear age these people are, often 
these people are at some level of spiritual giftedness, meaning they have an awareness or a sensitivity without the awareness of realms and tones and vibrations beyond the physical world, beyond what they've been taught. And they just haven't been in an environment where they've had the guidance and the tools to recognize their gifts, to put their gifts in motion in a way that complements them, and to be able to share their gifts in a way that not only works for them, but can assist others as well. So that's a lot of what we're seeing in the changes in education, in the changes in philosophies and thinking and recognition of kids that in recognition that, you know, sitting at a desk for six hours at a time isn't really great for six-year-olds. I mean, hallelujah that these things are being recognized and there's more. So hopefully this is just a little taste feel, see, watch, there are so many sensitive dear ones coming to the forefront, looking for how to come to terms with their own sensory capacity, how to guide their senses, how to understand their senses, and hopefully more facilitators will show up. If you know of anybody that would benefit from assistance, that's how I grew up. I, I, I lived my life actually aware of how I built my systems to be able to function. And it all got shut down. It all got torn away and I had to rebuild it. And then it all got shut down and torn away and I had to rebuild it again. But the whole time, ever since about age 12, I was aware, hey, pay attention to what you're doing because there's going to be other people that you can assist along the way. And I know I'm not the only one. I actually am now very... It's so it's just such a blessing to be in contact with with quite a few other people who have had the sensitivity and the awareness and are now coming awake and really embracing their abilities so that the ripple can go out to facilitate and share on ever greater levels some tools, some greater awareness and some clarity to help these sensitive and gifted dear ones integrate these abilities into their physical life so that they can actually express themselves as the gift that they are. Have a blast. As always, please ask questions as you wish and have a beautiful day and we'll talk to you again soon.